With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. And we are back. Welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with the cousins Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at HuskerCuzCast for all podcast updates and more. Guys, it's a new season. Spring ball is here. This is our sixth season doing the podcast. Derek, you believe that shit? It's hard to believe, man. It's uh, been a long time coming, though. I mean, we haven't done one for two months almost. Yeah, it's been a so, while. Uh, it's been a while. It's, uh, it's good. It's good to be back, and we're coming back on the night on on the eve of my favorite spring day of the year, which is the start of baseball, baby. Oh yeah, Are the Cubs going to be any good this year? Oh hell yeah, they got to be. Yeah, my, my uh, buddy just texted me a few minutes ago. He wants me to put a twenty five dollar bet. On Cubs winning the World Series, uh, I think it's like well, I, don't I think it's like forty or one. I think <laughs> it's it's a, it's a scary year for my Cubbies because if they're not doing good in July, I'm afraid we're going to see a wholesale and a lot of trades. Yeah, so make sure I don't know if we're going to get I don't know if we're going to get what's worth out of some of these players. Make sure you remind me to put that bet in for him, Tyler. How's the Cardinals going to do? Oh man, we're great. We we won the off season. Uh, they're they're already underdogs for their first game. One game is a. I mean, well, the first game of the year, and you're already underdogs. Yeah. All right, all right. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. No, to I'm the with Cincinnati Derek. Reds. To the Cincinnati Reds of all people. Okay. Let, let, let's let's get into something more optimistic. Yeah. Speaking of winning <laughs> the off season, let's talk about some uh, Nebraska football here. As spring training is here, uh, we heard from Scott Frost on Monday, along with Shenander. Uh, Pretty interesting news that came out of that. Mike Dawson is our new special teams coordinator. Uh, he's replacing Jonathan Rutledge, the analyst. And that's been a topic in Huskerland for quite a while. When Jonathan Rutledge left, a job position was posted on the athletic site. But no news. It was like, what are we going to do with the special teams? Well, now we know. It's Mike Dawson. Tyler, what do you think of Mike Dawson as special teams coordinator? Well, I think it's a great move. I mean, I think Mike Dawson, um, you know, has a, you know, a really good history as a coach. I mean, the guy was part of Frost's staff at UCF. Um, you know, he, he had been around, um, you know, the a lot of different roles. He was a special teams coach for three years at Boston College. Um, I think he has been successful at whatever he's done at Nebraska. Uh, you know, he did really well with the defensive line before he went to the NFL. I mean, I think when you look at the defensive staff, he is a really established coach. I think players respect him. Um, he has a good feel for the athletes on this team. 
Uh, but more than we've talked about this, I think the guy that could be accountable game in and game out on special teams. Um, I think the coaching outside backers, there's enough freedom. I think there's enough experience in that group where he's not having to massively develop a lot of guys this year. I think he has the ability to really give special teams the time it deserves. Derek, your thoughts on Mike Dawson. You know, I, I like the move. Uh, we we kind of spoke about this numerous times uh, throughout the season and in a lot during the offseason that somebody needed, we needed a special teams coordinator. We it needed to go away from just having all the coaches do it and just have one guy focus on it. Uh, the, the move that still doesn't make sense to me is to get rid of Jonathan Rutledge uh, and then add a special teams coordinator. I don't know why you didn't just keep both, but I, I'm not in charge, so I guess that is what it is. Uh, but yeah, I think it's I think it's a good move. I, Mike Dawson has done well in special teams before, so there's no reason he can't do it again. So so just to quickly hit a couple tidbits on Mike Dawson's special teams uh, uh, career. So in his first year as a special teams coordinator at Boston College, uh, Steve uh, Appenvicious uh, set school records in points, extra points, and field goals. In his second year, Nate Freeze. Uh, who eventually went on to the NFL as a kicker uh, uh, and um, to break the scoring record. And he also coached another NFL punter in Ryan uh, Quigley, uh, who ended up playing six years in the NFL. Uh, So, and this was at Boston College. Uh, And and again, I mean, he's done well at helping players. We we returned all-conference kicker in Connor Culp. Uh, I, I think we've got some things there. Um, that that really will allow him to drive forward. All right, I, I'm just gonna say this. Uh, here's where I disagree with you a little bit, Tyler. Like having great kickers is great, and it's big part of special teams. But our kickers really weren't the problem so much last year. I, I need to see better punt coverage. I need to see better kickoff coverage. I need to see some kickoff returns, some punt returns. Those are where my concerns were, and that's where I need to see him turn things around. Well, I would say this. Cam Taylor Britt, when he took over punt returns, I think we saw some life there at the end of the year. I think when you look at kick return, it sure as hell helps a little bit if you start getting touchbacks a little bit more instead of having to squib kick it all the time. Uh, So, And again, how much can Mike Dawson help leg strength i don't know is it is can he help identify better guys to put in that situation he said he wasn't going to mess with anything with the kickers he was whatever technique that they're using he's not going to interfere with that yeah but could he i mean could he is there someone else that could kick the ball for touchbacks on the end zone i mean obviously i don't want him to mess with connor cole like that kid's good i mean he was our only all first team all big 10 last year Let's let's get another year of that, and I'm happy. Yeah. Uh, another th- another interesting tidbit that came out of Monday was uh, uh, Frost announced that Samori Turi, the uh, God, I'll probably butcher that name. We'll get it right as soon as we hear it on Saturdays. But uh, uh, he, he's the uh, grad transfer from Montana, the All American, uh, six foot three, one ninety. And they're going to start him off in the slot position uh, in the offense. That was kind of uh, shocking. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that, Derek? Uh, it shocked me a little bit. You usually think of the 
taller receivers on the outside, but if I mean Oliver Martin's a fairly tall guy, Xavier Betts is a fairly tall guy, and not Samori Torre, Omar Manning's a tall guy. It seems like that's going to be what they're expecting to put on the field is just tall receivers, whether they're on the outside or inside. Tyler, thoughts? Well, I, I, I also on that note, Omar Manning was also announced in that same thing as playing in the slot, which I think is also interesting. But when you look at the slot wide receiver, you guys are looking at me like Omar Manning wasn't in that same sentence or in the same sentence. He's in the same sentence, but I don't remember him saying he was going to be playing in the slot. In the slot. Uh, Maybe I misunderstood what he said. Yeah, I heard. I heard him and Tori both in the slot. I heard him say he expected them both to play. Yeah, I didn't hear it in oh, the slot. Well, we'll, uh, we'll we'll see if we can uh, we'll see if we can get a sound bite uh, in there. Maybe I don't know, but I I'll fact check it. But I am fairly confident. When I listen. It was both of them, regardless of which. When you look at slot wide receivers, you know, Derek, I think there's a preconception of a slot wide receiver like Julian Edelman, Wes Welker. I think that's what a lot of people the the shifty guys. I think when you look at slot wide receivers, it's about mismatch. I think that's what you usually look for because you're usually thinking they're lined up on outside backers on them or you might have a uh, or a safety. So a lot of people think, it, to me, a slot receiver is about mismatch. And you can get mismatches two different ways. One, that quick, shifty guy, really good routes. Or two, you're just bigger and you can go over that middle and you're that big guy that can stand up. Um, I, I think right. b- both of those guys could. I think we have a lot of players that could fit that bill this year, um, and, and that's why I think it's a. I, I, you brought this up. I think part of it's out of necessity. I mean, we don't have those a lot of those quick, small, shifty guys. Um, I thought a, a Lonnie Brown was going to fit in the slot just fine. I kind of pegged. I figured that was going to be his slot to lose, and it's going to make him, that him and. And Will Nixon, they keep talking about Will Nixon yeah, as well. Yeah. Like it kind of seemed like, and it doesn't. It doesn't mean they're not going to play slot. I just, I mean, I don't know. It was just, it was just surprising to me. Just you know, seeing what he had done at South Dakota and the numbers that he put up, and it wasn't the position that he played at South Dakota. If it was, it wasn't. I mean, it would be news to me. I don't think he played much slot. Uh, so it. It's just a surprise. I'm I'm hoping to see it works. And you know what? Hey, with with Adrian Martinez, he knows how to get the ball to a slot receiver. I mean, that is one thing that he can do. So if he can get the ball into this guy's hands a little bit more, hey, I'm all for it. You know, get get it to the most explosive guy out in the field. If it's uh, Tory, so be it. So yeah, I, I may have misunderstood Frost's I, 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 quote on that. Just to correct myself, I've just pulled it open and. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I think I miss I misquoted that that sentence. He, he brought them both up in the same sentence, and then he said, and then right after that, he said Tori is going to be in the slot. Yeah, I knew so, you fucked it up. Cor- there, correction Tyler. there. Sorry. That's all right. That's all right, Tyler. Uh, any uh, you know you ahead. know Lu- Lubick made the comment of having some of these bigger guys in the slot and on the outside and talking about you know it, it makes a and it makes a bit of a nightmare for. Uh, uh, you know, you put a linebacker on him. Is a linebacker going to be fast enough to keep up with Samoritori? And he's also big enough that if you put a defensive back on him, he should be able to block him well enough. So you could change your game plan around how how that defense is lining up. Yeah. I mean, I think a theme 
in this offseason, in the spring game. And I'm so excited we're going to get a spring game this year. I mean, this this is the thing that I'm hoping for that actually gets Justin kind of excited. But when, when you talk about this wide receiver group, and there is a lot of reason for skepticism, I, and I understand that. But if you don't look at these guys on paper, like if you don't look at the Omar Mannings and the Xavier Betts and Torrey coming in and, you know, Oliver Martin, who, you know, he's, he's not as big as those guys, but has a huge vertical jump like, we have the chance to be just different. Like, I, I'm not saying better than everyone, but when you look at our wide receivers heading into 2021, there aren't teams like us in the Big Ten. There are not teams that are going to be lining up a lineup of all six, two, and taller wide receivers on a consistent basis. Uh, you know, that 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 is, uh, it's unique. And I think it's something that has the potential to kind of just be a separator heading into 2021. And I'm sure we're going to beat that horse dead over the next six months. Yeah. Are there any other tidbits that came out of Monday that you'd like to discuss, Tyler? Um, put me on the spot there. And I don't think <laughs> on Monday I had, did I have another tidbit? I, that's what I'm asking. <laughs> no, I, I thought, no, I, I think I'm good. Okay. All right. Well, uh, today, uh, after the second practice, we heard from other coaches. We heard from Greg Austin, Travis Fisher, Sean Beckton, and Mike Dawson. Uh, so did anything stand out to you after today, Derek? Uh, yeah, I, I love Greg Austin. I remember every time I hear him, I love him just a little bit more. That guy, he just, he, he's funny in his interviews. He, he makes the interviews a little entertaining. And I had to get a pretty good chuckle when he asked the uh, media if they were getting cold standing out there as he's standing there in a T-shirt and shorts. <laughs> right. Uh, but, you know, he talked about what sounded to me like they were going to slow the offense down so that the offensive line can get better blocks and longer blocks. And he kind of makes a joke that's pretty hard to hold on to a block when you're tired of shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I... And he made some good points, and I, I'm, it, 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 he, what he says to me is proving that Scott Frost is trying to change his offensive mindset around a little bit. Like he, it sounds to me like Scott Frost is going to slow this offense down, let the defense do what they do, and just try and hold on to the ball and control the clock a little bit better rather than just this fast-paced offense. I think he's learning that that's just not working. Thoughts, Tyler? I mean, I have to go to that thing, uh, that comment also. I mean, you talked about finishing blocks in practice. And I think that builds to a more physical team. But but more or less, I think, you know, when Scott Frost came in, you know, the quote, we, I think we played it as an opening tidbit. Thank you, Connor, for putting that in there. It's like the Big Ten's going to change to us. Well, that sure as hell didn't work. But, <laughs> but kudos to Scott Frost because we have seen coaches – you know, Bo Pelini was an example. They, they were stubborn to a fault. And I think there there is evidence. You know, Frost came in here. I think everyone talked about this, how fast practice was, right? You remember that, like, early on, like, how we're, we're sprinting. We're going. We're going. And maybe that's not a bad thing, but maybe one of the things you lose in that is the ability to really drive that physicality. I mean, when you're doing a three-second play and lining back up, like, there isn't really a need to – block for eight seconds and that might be a little bit of a skill that's necessary on saturdays uh so so i'm not saying that he was wrong in his philosophies day one but the fact that he's adapting 
Um, you know, we've seen signs of this. I think it's a very optimistic thing heading into 2021. Uh, I want to talk about tight ends here uh, for a couple reasons. We just heard today that uh, Kurt Raftall is going to enter the transfer portal or is in the transfer portal. And also, Sean Becton, he made an interesting comment uh, about, uh, you know, talking about the tight end group as they could be the best in the nation. What do you make of that, Tyler? That's optimistic. Um, I mean, I mean, obviously, when you're talking about the best group in the nation, I mean, I like Austin Allen, guys. I mean, I think we are all really big Austin Allen fans. I was actually higher on him last year than I think the two of you. I think you guys thought Vokalek heading into last year was going to be above Austin Allen. And I, I had Austin Allen penciled in ahead of Vokalek heading last year. Um, but so I, I, I've been on Austin Allen. I think he's a good blocker. I think he does it. Uh, but I think where this tight end group really separates himself is depth. Like... Guys, we have a five-star, basically, tight end. We have the best tight end in the conference incoming freshman in Thomas Fedone. He, I expect him to contribute. I think Thomas Vokalek is going to be a factor. I think if you look at the Big Ten tight ends, we may not have the best tight end in the Big Ten. We may not even have the second best. But I think we have three of the top 12 tight ends in the Big Ten. And and that group as a whole is what can separate us. Kurt Raphael is a loss. Don't get me wrong. I think he was actually a good depth. But when you're talking about losing your fourth tight end, I, I don't, I mean, you're not crying over that. But, I mean, a loss nonetheless, one injury, that could be a factor. But um, maybe not the best in the country, but I think definitely um, among the leaders in the Big Ten for tight end group. Well, Raftal only had one catch last year. Uh, Derek, what are your thoughts on the tight end group there? Well, I, I'll start off with saying I don't think Kurt Raftal is a big loss. By any stretch of the imagination, I mean obviously you hate to see a kid transfer, right? But but it's the it's the college world, man. They're leaving. They're they're leaving every team. There's almost two thousand damn tra- kids in the transfer portal. Yeah, everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing so it. I, look, I, I don't blame him for leaving. He probably wasn't going to see much playing time. I, I I honestly think he's seen Thomas Fedoni and he's like, yeah, this kid's for real. I ain't. I, I'm never going to see the field. Why, why stick around? I'll go play somewhere else. Uh, Austin Allen's still going to be your main uh, tight end. Uh, Travis Travis Volkolek's probably still your number two. But uh, yeah, but I'm with Tyler. Like I expect Thomas Fedoni. I expect some play out of him. Like I don't I don't, I don't expect him to redshirt this year by any stretch of the imagination. Are there any other tidbits that came out today that uh, you would like to talk about, Derek? Uh, you know. Uh, I'm going to stick with the tight ends and talk about Sean Becton, or maybe it was Lubick yesterday or Monday that was talking about Chris Hickman. You know, there was there was uh, some information that came out that made it sound like Hickman was moving back to tight end. But it sounds like he's still working with the receivers, but they could move him to tight end if they want. But right now he's still with the receivers. I, I'm really curious to know what they're doing with that kid because he's kind of been a mind-boggled to me since the get-go. Tyler? I, I mean, I think... I think Chris Hickman's going to find the field this year. Um, may, maybe with Raftall leaving, it's not the worst thing to get him some reps, you know, at tight end down the road. Um, but I, I, I don't mind him at wide receiver. I think, again, another big body... 
Guys, I mean, let's be real. I think we have six wide receivers that are going to see the playing time of the field a lot. I think we know who those six guys are. Chris Hickman is kind of that seventh and eighth guy in the bunch. You know, maybe you see him in some goal line sets as a blocker on the outside. Um, yeah, I, I don't see him contributing in a big way in 2021. Um, so, but him getting reps at tight end is what a lot of people speculated. Um, the fact that he's at wide receiver isn't really shocking to me because I don't see him hitting the field at tight end. And I think he has a chance to get a couple reps at wide receiver. That's fair. Um, not many reps probably around, but again, I like Chris Hickman. And, and then again, this is one of those things with the super senior culture. Like Chris Hickman has three more years in this program. God, it feels like he's been here a while, doesn't it? Yeah. Can I just say this? I already cannot wait for 2021 to be over. Why? Can we get done with the super senior bullshit? It's fun to I'm say. I'm tired of that. I'm already tired of this term. Well, you know what, Derek? You know what? You're, you know what's going to happen? It's going to be back in 2022. Now we're going to have super juniors. And it's going to be back in 2023, <laughs> and back in 2024. Yeah, this with everybody has nowhere. extra. Everybody uh, has an extra year. Just end my life now. Please. I mean, Adrian Martinez is a super junior. This is, this is this is almost as annoying as the Yolo bomb. Oh, but you know what? We could have Adrian Martinez back for a, his super senior year. It, will we call it a super senior year for Adrian? Well, as much as I love Adrian Martinez, we don't have to worry about him probably leaving for pros. So we'll hey. probably will have him back for a hey. senior year. A super you watch your year. mouth. I mean, you're talking about the most accurate quarterback and the best running quarterback in the Big Ten. Like, you put some respect on that name. Derek hates super oh, I troopers. Love, I love the kid. I mean, I love the kid. <laughs> Derek hates super seniors. As much as the chief in the movie Super Troopers, when he's saying shenanigans and stuff, and they're like, <laughs> they, say shenanigans one more time. I'm going to pistol whip the next chance <laughs> says shenanigans. Hey, Favre, what's your favorite <laughs> restaurant here with all the shit on the walls? Oh, you mean shenanigans? Oh. <laughs> That's what we're going to do to Derek. I love that movie. Super love that seniors. Uh, I, I thought one of the interesting uh, last tidbits I had was Travis Fisher made a comment uh, today about special teams. And we talked about that with Mike Dawson. But he said, if you're not starting on special teams, you're, you're not playing. And, 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 I, and I, I thought, I don't know what he entirely meant by that comment. But, but one thing that, that made my mind go to is with all these super seniors coming back on defense... Uh, you know, one of the things that a lot of fans had concerns about is what are you going to do with a guy like Noah Polagates? Uh, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do with, a um, you know, maybe a, uh, um, uh, Miles Farmer? I, I mean, name, name these guys that, you know, we think could be starters would have been starters this year had they not. I mean, that just gives me more optimism that our special teams could be really special. I mean, Damian Jackson. I mean, get. I mean, I, I think you look at some of these guys and that really we're, are going to have a hard time really seeing major rotation minutes. Um, they're they're going to be able to contribute on special teams. That that was one of my favorite comments by Travis Fisher was when he brought up Noah Pulla Gates by name, talking about he's going to see the field more this year. I mean, well, and, and again, it, you just. You know, I, I Justin sent a message out. They talked about this in Sharp and Benny about Gifford. 
like Gifford is a guy they think could see the field this year, right? I just sit there yeah, and say, and Travis Fisher mentioned him too. But I just sit there and say, how are all these guys going to see the field? Like, I mean, I mean, you look at that secondary unit, and we're going to talk about this eventually. But I mean, spoiler alert: when we get in this, our secondary is my favorite position group on this team. I think we are stacked. And not only are we deep at our starting spots, with the exception of maybe one corner, we're like three deep at that position group. Like, it is a position where it's like, oh, cool. Well, either Noah Pola Gates or Gifford or Miles Farmer is going to be a third string safety. And any one of those guys, I would have been fine with being a starter heading into this year and still felt okay. And they're a third stringer. Like, There's I a, mean... Yeah. The, the, the talent that Fisher has right now really makes his job pretty darn easy. I mean, he's got a really good crew to work with. Yeah. And and, and again, and, and the outside backer. Like, I think outside backer is a pretty damn deep position. You, I mean, like, I mean, it, it's just... You, you look at some of these positions, I, and, the, and I think these are the position groups that lead to special team success. You want those athletic guys that can get down the field, make those tackles in open field. And I think we're deep in both of those position groups. I mean, any question marks that there are about this team headed in 2021 isn't on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, I think everybody has a good warm and fuzzy about what the defense is going to bring to the table next year and have high hopes, right? Well, I think, I I mean, again, we'll talk about this in depth, but to me, I think the question is, is it, is this defense is going to be good? It's just how good can it be? Yeah. Like, I mean, I think we all acknowledge this defense was best last year that we've had in, you know, at least four years. And, you know, how how much of a step forward can they take into this year? You're right. The offense is the question mark. I am anxious to hear really from Ryan Held when he eventually gets a chance to talk. Um, I mean, I think that's you know, kind of disappointing, you know, uh, uh, Greg Austin talked a little bit about, um, the, uh, God, I explained on the guy's name from USC. Marquez Step. Marquez Step. I don't know why I can't remember his name. It's a pretty simple name and I can't remember Step, but, uh, but like <laughs> they talked about him being a downhill runner and physical. Like I, again, if you ask any of us heading in the 2021 of the Scott Frost regime, would you guys be sitting there saying, we're going to be led by our defense. Our running back is going to be a big physical downhill running back, whether it be a step or Marvin Scott. Our wide receivers are all going to be 6'2", six, 6'3", six, big physical guys that could do a lot of things. Like, this is just, it's changed. This is not the Scott Frost team that we thought we were going to get when we signed him up. You can and say okay that again. It. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the direction that this team is going into. Uh, well, okay, we've kind of already touched on some of these position battles, but as we head into the spring ball, what are the real position battles that you're looking forward to? Derek, we'll start with you. Uh, I, I'm going to start with, to me, the most intriguing one is outside backer opposite of JoJo Doman. Uh, you know, I think some people are just assuming it's going to be Garrett Nelson. Uh, but Feldarius Payne seems to be making a big name for himself. Uh, Caleb Tanner is still a part of the mix. Garrett Nelson's obviously still a part of the mix. You got three man race right there. And 
I mean, Tyler, you talked about all the all the all the talent that we have there. And as far as JoJo Doman's side goes, they're talking about bringing Gifford in there, and they're talking about bringing uh, Javen Wright in there to kind of fill his role. So they're they're going to try and get pretty deep with it with that with that side too. Uh, but but I think the other, the other outside linebacker spot opposite of JoJo Doman is the one that really intrigues me. Thoughts, Tyler? Um, I. I, I call me the guy that I think Garrett Nelson's got that spot. I think Garrett Nelson took a step forward last year. I expect him to take another one, but I think the depth of that position. Yeah, I, I, I think Phil Darius Payne's going to give him a run for his money. I don't know about Caleb Tanner, but I, I, Phil, Darius Payne, Phil Darius Payne, he he didn't have a ton of playing time last year, but he was in. Good. He was always doing something good. Yeah. So so about Garrett Nelson, he started every game at outside linebacker last year, as well as Doman. So. You're talking about unseating a uh, every game starter, Derek. That's what you're saying there. That's that's pretty. That is pretty interesting there. I, I, but I think it could happen. As a matter of fact, uh, Lincoln General Star had Phil Darius Payne as their starting uh, starting linebacker opposite of JoJo Doman. Really, and they're projected two deep. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get. I, I like Payne. Um, that would be a shock to me, but I, I'm going to go for my pick. I, I, I talked about this is running back. Like, I think there is a lot of expectations for step coming in and he, he's going to be the guy and call it injuries, call it what he actually did um, at USC. I do have some skepticism with him and I think we are a running back away from being the best team in the big Ten. Like I think if you gave us Big Ten, like as a whole, or Big Ten West, you put Lawrence Phillips on this team, we win the Big Ten. Period. I'm checking out. I'm out of here. <laughs> Goodbye. I, I I just I cut think him that, off. He's drunk. I I honestly do. I think that this team is I again. If you put like a Rex Burkhead on this team, maybe not. We're not winning the Big Ten, but I think we're winning the West. Like, I just think we're that, like, if we had that guy, and it, I don't know if, I don't, I'm not confident that Step is that guy. I don't, I definitely don't know if he's, I don't see him as a Mike Rozier type great all-time running back. Um, is he the guy? I don't know. Is it Marvin Scott? I mean, like, it's just to me, like, I, I don't know how that position is going to step out like i was thinking about this ramir johnson if ramir johnson would shock me if he was a starter it it would be shocking at this point if ramir johnson was our number two running back to number six running back none of those things would shock me and i think that's why this position battle is so intriguing like ronald Tompkins, he could be our number two running back uh he or he may not see the field. And I don't know what to expect out of that position group. And there is no other position group that I really have no idea what to expect. I guess if you look at it in terms of what Scott Frost and the staff has been trying to do with the wide receivers and offensive linemen, tight ends, who's got the biggest body, right? Who's got the biggest body? That's probably going to be the guy that uh, Step starts. Step Scott. I mean, it, it, yeah. That's what I, it, those, I mean, I think Step is bigger than Scott. I, I mean, at least he was, but I don't know what the offseason brought. But I mean, I think and Marvin Scott played a lot last year. He he kind of became the de facto backup for um, 
Mills. You know, Mills, it seemed to me, I would have probably said he was probably our number two running back last year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I, I, those are the my two leading candidates for the starting spot heading into 2021. Derek, thoughts? I, I, I agree with that being a, a great position battle. Uh, but 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 I'm with you. I, I don't know that that's the position that you're going to put the biggest body in. Because I think you still want some speed there. Uh, all I know is Wondell Robinson won't be running out of the backfield. No, that's the only thing I can tell you for sure. But I, I, I got to do my – I have one other position battle. That was my 1B for most of the and, and it's that other guard spot. And, and, and the reason why that is just – it's so intriguing to me is because like whoever there, there's just a lot of names that I could go to in that. Like you have banks who, <coughs> who can move in from tackle. You have uh Hickson that can return in starting spot. Uh, Brock Bando. Um, I mean, there, there's just, uh slit Citroen. I, I mean, there's a lot of names that could really take that spot. And, while that's a position that's really largely unknown, when I name those four guys, I'm like, I'd be okay with any of those guys getting that starting spot. Like, there is no panic. There is no, like, um, I just, I'm just going to be intrigued heading to the spring game, heading to the first depth chart. Who is that guy? Because I'd have to throw a dart at a board, kind of like running back, and I really don't know who's going to get the ring. Um, they mentioned today that Hickson is looking good at center. Um, he's definitely seeming like he could be that candidate of the backup at every position group type guy. Like, oh, a guard went down, put in Hickson. Oh, uh, center went down, put in Hick. So, it, the fact that he's getting center reps makes me believe he's kind of not that guy. But uh, I don't know. Just really intriguing on that guard position. We don't probably talk about the line battles as much as as the importance. Uh, shows but i think that is obviously a very intriguing battle so Derek kind of took uh took the sales out of a question i was going to ask you guys with the uh talking about garrett nelson but the question was going to be is there a returning starter that should watch out and look out for see if they have their job back in 2021 now Derek's like alluding to garrett nelson is there another guy uh returning starter that should probably that could should watch out uh, maybe be unseat, unseated head, headed in 2021? Are we talking offense, defense, it, it, anything? Any, anywhere. I'm going to say Cam Jurgens. I think Cam Jurgens is on a very short really? this year. Yeah. If he can't fix his snaps, there's no point in having him in there. And I think they proved that when they pulled him last year at the, the, in the one game, I think they proved that they're getting fed up with it too. Well, I mean – that that would be interesting. The guy that replaced him in that game, he's headed off hopefully to the NFL. And the guy that backed him up was his little brother that transferred. So the options are Which is why you're hearing so much about Trent Hicks and yeah. taking snaps to center. Yeah. Yeah. And he's done it before. So I I, th- I think Cam Jurgens absolutely one hundred percent is on a short lease this year. That's fair. Tyler, is there any any other starter that you think uh, whose job may not be safe? I I don't know about anyone. No, the answer to that question, no. I think the starters are safe, but if I had to pick one, it'd be Reimer at linebacker. Um, Really? I I think he played well. I liked him, 
but that kid from Northern Illinois, Chris, uh, uh, I'm not, I, Northern uh, Iowa, co, co, Northern Iowa, co, 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 how do you Klarevich. say it? Klarevich. Um, the butcher. He's intriguing. Like, I mean, I mean, if you guys, if you guys saw the strength testing that came out, really? like he, he's not the one I would have thought of taking over he- Heinrich. Him. Heinrich would have been my first, yeah, my I mean, first guy to take over for him. Possibly. Um, Again, I, I don't think either will unseat him. I think he played well last year. Um, but if I had to pick a guy, um, I, I think he would be the one I would go with. Unless you count Levi Falk, which I think people like kind of. I'll, 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 I'll say this when it comes to the, to the linebackers that you were talking about there. I think you will see all four of those guys. I mean, you could say whoever's starting is starting is fine, but I think you're going to see a lot of rotation because I think we're finally getting some depth in that in middle linebacker position where they're feeling comfortable putting people in rather than just seeing two or three guys playing year all year round. Yeah, I think you're going to start seeing four, maybe five guys playing. I agree. I, I agree. I think you'll see a lot better rotation. Um, the other the other name was Levi Falk. Um, I do think he'll still start. I still have him in as a starter. Um, but I think some people like if I say he's a starter, I think I mean even though he did start a majority of the games, I think people are like, yeah, do you really count Levi Falk as a starter last year? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what your stance on the Falk situation is, but I mean, do you even could count him as a starter returning, even though he started a majority of the games? Not really. I I, I would imagine that you're probably gonna have somebody starting over him, but I, who knows. I mean, they're still talking big about him. They're still talking about him doing good things, but I think he'll start. I, I, he, te- I, he tested. He tested very well. Yeah, he did. All right. So uh, the uh, shoot. How do I phrase this? Uh, what is the best returning position group in twenty twenty one? That group is what Tyler? Secondary. Secondary, Derek. Probably secondary. Uh, I think tight ends could put up a pretty decent argument. Nobody's really talking about defensive line much here, and I figured you guys would say defensive line because uh, there's it's not, it's, it's not a bad position group. Yeah, either. I mean that's my number two. I mean the difference between defensive line is so I like I love our starters. You have Ty Robinson, uh, Damian Daniels, and Ben Still. I think those guys I don't think anyone argue are the starters. I think you look at Casey Rogers of any non-starter on this team. Period. End of sentence. He is the best guy. I think. However, after those four guys, it gets a lit. Not not bad. It's not a bad position group, but it's a little bit more wobbly. Like I think you you like Jordan Riley. I think you you but you you know you start comparing Jordan Riley to uh, Heinrich, or you start comparing Jordan Riley to. Garrett tell, Nelson I, or Payne, whoever doesn't start. I think you start seeing a little breakdown. Jordan Riley looked really good until that dirty play in Penn State when they got when they hurt him. And it, then he wasn't much after the rest of the year. I don't know if that affected him the rest of the year, but up to that point, Jordan Riley looked like a stud. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I think, but I think there's good bodies. Don't get me wrong. I think there. It's not a bat. You have Newsom. You have uh, uh, Tate Wildman. Maybe he gets in the the field he's been dealing in i mean there's guys that you, you have optimism but that that's probably the separator i just think when you get to that too deep it, it's a well, uh the weakest got nash Hutmacher coming in too yeah baby. no i i get like him um i just think if you look at that 
the backups that second string is probably the weakest second string on that defense. Um, so that that's why I'd have, even though I love the starting unit, I love that starting unit on defensive line. I'm going to throw out two names here. I'm going to go back to the uh, linebacking core. Uh, Jackson Hanna and Ativa Maga Clements. Who sees the field first on defense? You, I, I have to be real honest with you. I kind of forgot about Ativa Muaga Clements. Like, as, as high as I was on him last year. We all, we all were. He was even yeah. still on the team. I, I, honestly, I, I almost forgot he was on the team. Uh, Jackson Hanna, I, I'll never forget that kid, but. Uh, man, I don't know. That's a tough question. I, I would probably lean towards Clements seeing the field first. But I, I, I don't know. That's a tough question. Because I, 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 the middle linebacker spot's just getting so full now. Mm-hmm. It's, I, don't, I don't know. Tyler, you got thoughts? I mean, I'll say this. is, is You had those two in uh, Snoddergrass in the, um, you know, for that third string inside backers. <laughs> Again, it talks about the depth of this defense. Like, man, Derek, you're right. We were all high on Clements last year. If you're telling me our third string linebacker is that young man, uh, I feel pretty good about our depth right now. Like, like it, well, it it gives you a really good, warm feeling about this defense in the in the future in general. Yeah. Like, because a, a lot of the ones that are backing up are still young players. Yeah. Like, I know there's gonna be a lot of super seniors on this defense but we're talking about a lot of young players that were that have have given us reasons to to have high hopes on them can i just go back to the camp jurgens having hit a short leash and i don't disagree with you but if you watched him on monday's press conference i mean he came out there with uh that that seed corn hat on and like I mean, you, you you heard, like, he's one of our best testers. Like, the reason why he's on a short lease is entirely because of snapping the ball. And, exactly. And, and and what I love... It's his, it's his most important job. I, I, I'm not... And again, don't disagree. But what I love is when he was asked about it, the way he answered that question. He said, almost annoyed that he was being asked it. It's like snapping won't be an issue. It was definitive, like, and you. It, it, but the but the you. I mean, if there's a kid on this roster that you we've, want to root for, two, we have he, we've had two years of bad snaps. I get it. I understand. So, I, I so, get. So I, prove it. I'll, I'll be with Justin on this one and say, prove it to me that you're not gonna it. have bad I, snaps. I, hey, leave me out of this, man. I, I'm turning a corner, man. I'm not saying anything bad. You've already you've already screwed that up. Did I stop? Had I? Yeah. Would you? Yeah, you made some joke earlier when 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 Scott when Tyler was talking about this isn't the Scott Frost team we thought it was going to be. You can say that again. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was on mute. So you already you already screwed up your Michelle Beadle bullshit anyway. I thought I was on mute. You didn't even make it through half an episode. Yeah, yeah I get. I, I'm just saying, Cam Jurgens is a kid that. I, I I really do, and I, I want to believe it, because I think he has the potential to be the second-best offensive lineman on this roster. I really do. I think he has the – I mean, but I don't disagree, Derek. Like, if that snaps become an issue, give me Trent Hickson. Position like, change for Cam Jurgens then? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think he's big enough to do guard. I, I don't think he's got the weight to do it. 
Yeah, I mean, I think he's still undersized for that. And, and again, it's just it's I, I, not. I think he is center or bust, unfortunately. Oh. And it, it sucks because he's such a great athlete. There are so many things he could can do, but it ha- but again, your most important job is getting the damn ball to the quarterback. And if you can't do that, then I, I've got no room for you. I'm sorry. That's fair. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I mean, the bottom line for 2021, if, if this season's going to change, what we have to do is avoid the negative plays. Camp Jurgens, while uh, while snaps are a big issue, I mean, like, it was a problem. It was a big problem. But I could point to other guys on that offensive line. Ethan Piper led the team in penalties last year. Like, this shit of our as offensive— a, as, a, as a freshman— Fair enough. So you expect him to grow, and you expect you expect him not to get those next year. But the offensive line, Bryce Benhart, second on the team in penalties. Uh, again, freshman. Again, I'm you not expect disagreeing. that to get better. But but I'm just saying there is a lot of these offensive linemen that like I'm tired. The the mental mistakes. Our offensive line. If you're gonna miss a block, so be it. But snapping a ball over a quarterback's head, getting a ten yard penalty, getting a false start. This shit has got to end. It feels like Farniak had uh, quite a few penalties last year also, and he was a senior. And maybe he didn't have as many as everybody else, but maybe it was just the the timing when his penalties came. Uh, but he wasn't penalty-free. So, I mean, I see what you're saying, Derek. Yeah, they were none freshmen, them, but, were penalty-free, man, but... sometimes that stuff doesn't go away that quick and easy. I mean, I don't know. Uh no, but you ex- you expect freshmen to make mistakes. You expect freshmen to get holding calls. You're right. You expect freshmen to get false starts. And they're still going to be young next year. They're still all going to be young. They, they they are going to be young, but they have a whole year of starting under their belt. Now 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 is can we get Turner Corcoran not to make some mistakes? So do you guys fear like a slow start out of uh, the offensive line next year? Is that in the back of your mind? Well, the, I think in the back of my mind is last year at this time, you went around this. If you asked that question, you asked a little bit ago, Justin, what position group are you most excited about? Yeah. I mean, I we would have probably all said, if not one, number two offensive line. I think, yeah, the I optim- think we did last year. Yeah. The optimism for like, while like it, it's, it's, I am now very cautiously optimistic about that group Um, because I just, I feel like it's, it's kind of been like a cheating girlfriend or abusive partner. Like, I mean, it's just been like, I've been beat by this offensive line, like (laughs) too many times. Like you think I'm going to be good. How about you go make dinner, throw a frying pan at my head. I like, I feel like that's the shit I've been dealing with. Like, Except this Camp Jurgens throwing the fire pan, so it goes a mile over my head. Uh, it just <laughs> well, maybe like, it needs to hit you. Maybe it improve your looks a little. Like I, it just, it is just. It, I feel like I've been burnt a little bit too much there, <laughs> and I, I just, I. But I like it. I, I the, the athletes are there. Public service announcement: The Husker Cuscast does not advocate domestic violence and it will not be tolerated on this show <laughs> it's know. true we don't somebody throwing a pan is always funny to me i don't know why that is 
<laughs> Just the visual. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, dang. goodness. Uh, I, I don't know where we go from here. <laughs> Um, final thoughts on uh, the the press conferences of what we heard Monday today. Uh, any thoughts on spring training? It's not spring training. It's spring ball. This isn't baseball. Whatever Justin. you know what I'm talking about. Secondly, like for the, for the people like Justin that have been a little skeptic on Frost, I think there are some things that you've got to be excited about. One, he started to release some of these weightlifting results. I think that's something that uh, a lot of fans have been clamoring for to start seeing some of that. I love the transparency every day so far in spring ball. Nebraska Huskers has released a video. I don't know if that's going to continue. I don't know if that, but I feel like th- there's there's a corner coming. I think there's a little bit more friendliness when it comes to what what information the coaching staff is putting out to the media, um, and, and and as a as we do this, I, I look forward to that. I, I, I'm hopeful that we get a little bit more information. It seemed like the media got some time on the field today. I mean, it's I mean, I don't know how often they got time. I saw media members taking pictures from the sidelines, like I don't know how much time they're actually at Memorial Stadium, but it seems like there might be a little bit of a more transparency coming. I'm just hoping there's fans in the stands for the spring game. They're allowing it. I know. Oh, are you kidding me? The fans are going to fill that place up as much as they'll let them. I know. It's just, you know, we're uh, we're a month out, and is it going to be 40,000, 60,000, higher? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what will be allowed, but whatever's going to be allowed will fill up yeah. fast. Everybody around that I know of around here is just, Ready to go do anything. Yeah. Me and my wife are talking about going. I mean... Derek, you going? I doubt it. I don't I know if we see will. It much, I could see it much better for my TV. <laughs> That's what DVR is for. You know, I'll translate that for Derek. He has a tea time already at 8.30 that morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very good possibility. <laughs> That's what that really means. Uh, okay. Uh you know, guys, we're we're back into the mix of the podcast after taking some time off. Spring ball is here, so uh, we'll make these podcasts a little bit more regular until the summer comes in, comes up. So uh, this was fun. Let's do this yeah, again let's next just, week. Let's just be happy we have something to be excited about. Yeah, this was the this felt like the longest damn off season having spring ball not start until. What, March 30th? Well, you know what? The, the other thing that makes it a little bit longer, and we ca- we've kind of talked about this before also, is... Either we're we're halfway through, almost done with spring ball. Yeah. Well, well, that and, you know, uh, recruiting. You know, recruiting in February doesn't mean shit anymore. It, it's already done. And so yeah. there's there's not all that buildup up until with the, with this, February. And, and with this year-long dead period... Yeah. It's just been nothing to get excited about. It's it's been a long which, off season. Which, long which off by the season. way, Ty, Tyler, supposedly from what from what I from what I understand from other podcasts like uh, the Lincoln Journal Stars podcast and uh, the Pick Six podcast for the Omaha World Herald, the reason they're opening up practices to the media and possibly the public 
is because they want to get some recruits in. That's the only way they can do that. Hey, you know what? I'll take it. But I will say this on the one last thing. I just I, I, I'm going to throw a last question at you guys. So Purdue is basically wrapping up their spring ball at this point. Do you guys think that is going to play any different that Nebraska basically had a late spring? Better, worse, no difference at all. Do you think that the fact that we are we have delayed the start of the spring, spring ball, do you think that's going to affect the 2021 season at all? No. No. I, I think the only thing that's going to affect the season is the fact that we're actually getting a spring ball. I don't know. I don't think the timing makes much of a difference. I mean, if it did, I mean, hell, we've already seen uh, a couple of weeks ago, teams were already having their spring games. Yeah. I mean, like I said, teams are wrapping up. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, don't, I just, I don't know if it's better or worse, but I, I feel like it's going to make a difference. Like, obviously injuries, right? If someone gets banged up in spring, like the, the time to get ready for the fall could be in the play. That could affect it. Um uh, just thinking as an athlete, you know, like you're. I feel like you you're gonna end May. The season's gonna start in August. Like that's not as much downtime. Where I feel like at the beginning of the fall, there's like, okay, I gotta get readjusted. That readjustment period, I think, would be shortened because of the gap. I I don't know. Really? I just I I I, th- I think you're full of shit here. Like literally, we're talking like two weeks difference. Normally, the spring game wouldn't be to like maybe April fifteenth. We're we're doing it May first. It's not like we're a month later. But just to say, like teams are having spring games later. right now. Well, I understand that, but Nebraska's is usually always in like middle of April. So this is what I'll say about this. I think it allowed for a longer winter conditioning session because uh, spring ball is not going to be interrupted by spring break, and so it, it's going to be a lot more condensed. And it seems like we had a lot more time to do winter conditioning and for them to get their performance index scores and all, all of that stuff. So I don't know, maybe that they'll be better in, uh, I don't know, better shape headed into the spring. Now that we're starting April 1st, instead of what they would normally start, uh, you know, I don't know, early March, I guess. So an extra two, three weeks, even injuries, I, I don't think that a two-week difference in a spring game or, or in spring practices really – I mean, if you're if you're hurt to the point to where you were going to be hurt in fall, I don't know if that extra two weeks was going to all of a sudden fix you and you all of a sudden you were going to play great in the fall. Like, if you were going to be hurt that long, you were probably going to be hurt that long anyway. The only thing I don't like about May 1st is it's it's on the day of the Kentucky Derby, and that just really grinds my gears. Nobody gives a shit about that. No, no, only you. Yes, they do. They do care. That's the only thing I hate about March, May, May 1st. A week earlier, a week later, well, it would have been great. Hey, at least they didn't pick a weekend to, I don't know, consume the Masters. <coughs> Mr. Vacation Planner over here. Yep. So, you know, uh, a programming note, we'll be back next week to talk more about the Huskers, but we are going to be taking a week off as the Husker Cuzcast is going on a road trip to get some golfing the weekend of the Masters, and someone decided that, oh yeah, let's go golfing on the biggest golf weekend of the year. <clears throat> I figured you guys would be in the golf mood by watching the Masters. 
We won't be watching. Well, I won't be watching the Masters. <laughs> well, I'll stream it on my phone. Damn it! <laughs> that, that's exactly what I want to be doing: is watching people make putts while I'm missing them. Oh yeah, you, you'll have a lot of time to watch. Just make them. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you make them? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. My bad. <laughs> All right. Let's get out of here. All right. Hey, special thanks to our producer Connor Russell for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. Hit that subscribe button and don't forget to rate and review. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. And as always, go Big Red. Inside the